0: Welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode is the second in our series called Life Hacks, with the conversation being led by Yen-Yen Chu, We are in a series, I believe, called Life Hacks. Um, And as we're exploring that topic, we are going through the book of Proverbs. Um, And as some of you know, and as Yukon maybe introduced last week, Proverbs is definitely a book known for its wisdom. Um, And what's unique about Proverbs is it doesn't just give one perspective on a topic. But it gives a whole multitude, in a way, of of perspective. So um, I think sometimes people want to, like, take one proverb and says, well, look, it says this, and so this is what it must mean. Um, And then we find out, well, it doesn't quite involve all of these things. Um, But if you take take the book as a whole um, and really look at what does this have to say, we have a wide range of perspective there. And through that, we glean out God's wisdom. And so the topic today is on friendship. Um, and so before we jump into that and really explore what is what is God's wisdom um, as we approach this topic of friendship, there's a question um, that will be up on that screen hopefully soon um, that I'd like for you to chat with a neighbor, okay? It is kind of vague. Um, so I purposely tried to leave it as that so it wouldn't be too negative or too positive in that sense. So take a minute, And kind of the first thing that comes to mind to you, share with a neighbor what is confusing for you about friendship, this whole topic idea of friendship. What is confusing to you? Take a minute, chat with a neighbor, and then uh, we'll bring it back and maybe share some of these responses. All righty, as we bring it back together, any, any tables, any groups, any partners want to share? You don't have to share your own confusing thoughts. You can share someone at your table's confusing thoughts. What's confusing about friendship? Um, well, I guess every friendship is different, and you, know, you get something different out of every friendship, and every friendship has different boundaries. You know, so some people want to be told everything. Some people want to tell you everything but not be told anything. You know, and I guess it's trying to work out where those boundaries are with each different person. That, that can take a lot of mental energy, working that out. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, some of us that like you want it the same every single way, and it's, everything's got to you know have a formula. It definitely is confusing because every person is different. So the this idea of friendship is different um, with every single person. So navigating that definitely is confusing. Somebody else. One thing we were talking about is when is it okay to let a friendship go, or um, when you figure that like maybe you're not on the same page anymore. It's not meeting both of your needs. Right. Okay. So BFFs forever or just for a certain time? Definitely. Anybody else? Yeah, this is a new topic. Something that comes to mind is like, how do you know when you have a bad friend? How do you know when you, instead of maintaining a bridge, where you have to just burn it? No offense. And who's, who's <laughs> to tell you, you know, that you, I, I could judge you by your friends, you know? I could tell what type of person you are. Um, and, you know, maybe as a follower of Jesus Christ that you know, you have to show an example to the world by who you're hanging out with, who's your influence, and whoever you're trying to influence as well. Yes, wow, we're just, we're just getting right into it, yes. <laughs> what kind of friends to have, when to let them go, when to burn those bridges, um, definitely, definitely. Anybody else? Some last comments, okay. Okay, yes, yeah, so some of us have definitely discovered that the older you get, it seems like the harder it is to make friendships, develop friendships, and keep them going. Okay, awesome. Definitely some important, important things. I will I will not hesitate to probably say that all of us struggle with friendship, um, and that all of us, to some degree, um, have had failed friendships, uh, maybe have had some successful friendships, um, but that... Even now, it's still confusing as, as to kind of what this is. And so as we jump into Proverbs, um, sometimes, yes, it's, it's seen as this book of wisdom, and it's got some great instruction, um, but we're looking to that not just because it has those things, but because we believe that God has something important to say to us through that. And so we're going to be looking at Proverbs 1, 8 to 19, which is on here. Uh, But before we do that, I wanted to give us a little context, Um, and this, uh, I read this book earlier, and it's a great book, but I thought it had something neat to say that I I wanted to kind of share with us Um, as we just kind of get some perspective and context. Okay, Facebook and Instagram generate the absolute worst taunts when our minds are tangled up in the belief that we're the only ones. When I see a picture of two people I know hanging out, my reflexive thought is, why wasn't I invited? Even if I barely know these people. Even if they're hanging out clear across the country. Even if in reality, I'm not at all that interested in actually hanging out. I just want to be chosen and loved. We all do. So we can't rely on instinct, on blindly seeking our destination of friendship based on feel. We mustn't look for God to frame friendship in the way we design. We must look to Him and discover the map He's already given. Otherwise, we will chase dreams and feelings-driven experiences and shun the realities that true God-given community requires. And so I think what this book touches on is that in us there definitely is a longing for a connection and a longing for friendship um, that... God has maybe put there and grown in us. And so as we look at Proverbs 1, 8 to 19, I wanted you to kind of look at that too, is that sometimes we try to look at it and put God into the way that we're trying to define friendships rather than take a step back and say, okay, God, how are you defining this idea of friendship? Um, What does this look like in a a very broken community, in a sense, filled with broken people? So if you can look at your sheet, um, I will read this out to us. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your neck and a chain to adorn your, I'm sorry, to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for innocent blood, let's ambush some harmless soul, let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder, cast lots with us. We will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. So Proverbs, uh, the first nine chapters of Proverbs, um, you will see a common motif that runs through, and it's this idea of different voices that are competing for our attention. And I have a few points that I just kind of want to go through today, but... Rather than, because I'm, I'm in this journey with you. I don't have things figured out on friendship, so I don't want to just stay, say, you know, give you these points on this is what it is and this is what God is saying. And so the way that I frame some of the points is I frame them into questions because I want this time to be reflective for you and for me. And then through those, I've reflected on my own journey of friendships, um, some that, you know, I've learned from some that I'm still in that I just kind of wanted to share in hopes that we can together um, you know, f- explore some of the things that, that God is, is sharing with us. So in terms of the first two verses, um, it's clear that there's, there's a father and a mother instructing. And so my question to us in those first two verse- verses is, um, who are the role models that speak into your life? Um, And I think this, you know, we all come from different kind of families, right? Some of us have had families with with both parents there. Some of us come from broken families. Um, Some of us have had really different kinds of of parents. Um, And regardless of what family we've come from, we are broken people. They probably have not been perfect and and aren't perfect. Um, But there definitely is, I feel like, this call in God's community for people to be speaking into our lives. And so the first question for you to reflect on is who who are those role models um, that are speaking God's truth, specifically, God's wisdom into your life? Um, I'm turning 40 in May, and this has been one of the things I've been thinking about is as I'm entering this new decade um, with different things that I, I know are going to happen, partway through this decade, my children will go to college, and that's going to be a crazy transition um, for me. Um, and so really for me, that's the question that I've been having to look at is, okay, who who is someone that has gone through that and been there and can speak God's truth into my life? Um, and how can I seek them out? And I think for all of us in, in whatever life stages we are, that's a question we have to ask. Um, who, who is God putting in my life to speak his truth, to speak his wisdom? But there's another side to that question that I also want you to consider is, who can I be that person for? Um, and if we understand right, God's the way that God has designed community, right—it's—it's it's intergenerational. It's um, across all kind of borders, whether it be, you know, race or socioeconomic or anything like that, but that if God has given all of us experiences that are valuable, so who can speak into my life, but at the same time, as I'm receiving that, right, what has God done in my life through my experiences, both the ones I think that are good and bad or mundane or boring, um, what insights has he given me that I can now kind of share with other people? Um, And so, who is that in my life, and who can I be that for? Um, And so, I think that's an important uh, question for us to reflect on. And so, regardless of where you are, if you're a student, if you're a new parent, if you're, um, you know, many, many years away, um, to constantly be looking for people above and people that are beginning in that journey. Um, and I love how in verse 9 it says, it's a garland to grace your head, it's a chain to adorn your neck. That there's something valuable and beautiful about the words that people will share to us. And it's funny because when I, when I hear that, I, I picture, I don't know if you ever did this when you were kids. Did you make those little daisy chains? Um, no? I'm getting, yeah, or bracelets, right? Yeah, or those long, I don't even know what flowers they are. They're really long stems and the little, they're like, I think they're weeds. But you would pick them and, and like you'd, you'd tie the ends, right? And you like you wear them on your head or a bracelet or a, a necklace. You know, it's like the, the silliest thing. Um, and they're not the most beautiful flowers. But, but that idea of that it's adding beauty and grace um, to your life. So anyhow, daisy chains with that. Okay, um, the rest of this, if you look at 10 through 19, there's a couple things that happen. Um, and the the instruction or the warning from these parental figures in our lives um, are these other voices. And these voices that are in our minds are enticing, are enticing you to do something, okay, um, in verse 10, but then also... Um, enticing you to come in with them and then to also do something. So it's to be a part of them and then also to commit to similar actions. And then the rest um, towards the end, 18 and 19, are kind of the consequences of that. And you see that a lot in Proverbs. You see an instruction, and then it's also this consider the consequences of two things, of one being a part of what's happening and then also consider the consequences of doing the actions that are there. One thing I want to point out is that it's plural. So verses 11, it's if they say, come along with us, okay? Um, And I think what this passage is really getting to is is that in each of us, there's a desire to belong, right? We want to belong, right? We don't necessarily wanna be the one that's not just last pick, but the one left standing there while everyone else is together in groups doing their thing. Um, And I think this speaks to that is there are voices that are are enticing us. And these aren't necessarily good voices, these aren't good voices, but they're trying to say, come be a part of this group, come be a part of this way of thinking, come be a part of us, and then come do these things with us. Um, And that there's something enticing and negative, but it really speaks to our need to belong. And so the second question that I wanted us to reflect on is what are the enticing voices in your life? That are not necessarily God-centered. That are not necessarily from Him, and honestly, the enticing voices in your life are usually the things that we're afraid of—afraid um, of being left behind, or afraid of something. That's usually a fear that is there um, that grows into something that then causes us to reach into some other things. So, as you reflect on this, I'm gonna—I was gonna have you guys um, kind of reflect together in a moment. But while you think, I wanted to share. I guess, the enticing voices that were um, in my life with this. And I, it, it's interesting, right, because the, the text is saying, if sinful men entice you and all this stuff, and, and maybe we grew up with different voices in our heads, um, whether it be our parents or someone like, you know, stay away from the bad crowd and, you know, don't follow them. And these kinds of people um, and different families and different parts of society have, have labeled, right, who is the bad crowd and who is the, in a sense, sinful men. Um, but I think we can probably all acknowledge here that we are all those people, right? So I'm not trying, it's, this isn't coming from the point of like, ooh, we're so much better, don't go with those sinners, um, but we are those sinners, and we are those, those broken people, um, and yet there's truth into their friendship with that. So I wanted to recognize the the brokenness and sinfulness that is in all of us and that it does affect our friendships and our ability to to form um, and develop these friendships. So um, I wanted to share two stories. One um, from when I was in middle school and high school, just because I know we've got youth there, and then one uh, as an adult, and the enticing voices that were in my head that were there. Um, And that also reflects kind of the, the brokenness Of the family and the culture that I grew up in and I know my you know parents meant well um, but one of the the voices that was big in my head in middle school and high school that really tainted um, and prevented a lot of friendships was um, I came from a family that that did a lot of comparing right Um, and so it was always well you know she got this grade, what did you get? Like, how come you didn't do this? Or, well, this person tried out for the same, I don't know, orchestra, and how come they got a higher seat? Or, well, you've beaten her before in tennis, um, you know, she's beating you now, or th- things like that. Um, but it was very, it was very, not in like a healthy competition. You know, sometimes we have friends that, uh, that have that healthy competition and that really spur us on, but this was a lot of um, that put down that came in the form of com- comparison, and that really affected a lot of my friendships um, in middle school and high school, because I came in with that, that I, I'm not good enough as I am, um, and I'm not good enough unless I am somehow better than this friend in something. Um, and so there was a lot of that, that comparison um, that was there, um, and my own brokenness um, with that that took you know, a lot of time to really address, um, but that was one enticing voice. The second enticing voice that really affected my friendships as I was going in, in as an adult um, was, and again, I was able to identify that a lot of this came from just kind of my, my home upbringing, my family upbringing, my cultural upbringing, and um, my mom always tells me, she still tells me now, there's um Uh, like a a Chinese proverb that essentially translates to, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Or you scratch my back and I scratch yours. Um, I don't know what it is in Chinese, so don't ask me (laughs) what it actually is. But essentially, that's that's what it, it translates to. But it's that whole idea of seeing friendships as a transaction. So if, and this goes beyond like, you're invited to a party and you bring a hostess gift. But this is like, everything someone does for you, like goes into a column, right? And you, I see someone nodding, is this, yes? Okay, okay, yeah, so some of you can relate to this, but, but yeah, it's that idea of, okay, they, it's, it's, a, it's an accounting um, of a lot of actions. So it's like, if they do something for you, you know, buy you coffee, give you a gift, I don't anything, anything, then, you know, it's like, okay, there's there's a tally or however many tallies on their side, then I have to, at some point, I have to even it out, right? So then I am now in debt, and I have to do these things, right? So it, it became very, very transactional, um... Uh, an accounting and it was hard because like it would be in my head and it's if it and it's hard to keep track of because there's like a lot of people right And It's like oh my gosh like last time you know she she like got me coffee and then wait he he did this for me and like Okay, I got borrowed that car. It was just like and and all these all these debts in a sense that I I had to pay um, And that really affected a, a lot of my friendships because There's no room for grace, right? and there's no room for just vulnerability and openness, Um, and there's no room for me to just receive because, and and trust that, no, sometimes people do this because they're not expecting something back. Like, it's because they, they like me enough as I am, and they're not looking for some sort of repayment. Um, but that voice is there, and sometimes it's still there, um, you know, when when it's like, oh my gosh, there's too many tallies in that column, like I must, I, I have to do something to somehow make that, you know, make it smaller, um, and so those are some of the enticing voices that are in my head that really speak to my fear that, I'm not good enough in and of myself, and that I must rely on these actions, um, versus really seeing and understanding, um, and I really had to, rather than work out these issues with these friendships, this was an issue I had to work out with the Lord, right? And this was an issue that I really had to, um, to say, okay, God, how can I experience your grace um, more fully, because I'm clearly missing something, right? And then ex- in extending it this way. And this will bring us to um, another point later. But I wanted to pause for a couple minutes and have you reflect, hopefully you've reflected on this question, but if you feel comfortable sharing with, a little bit with your partner, or if you're someone that just needs to journal a little bit, I wanted to give you a couple minutes to answer that question, or begin to answer that question. What are some of the enticing voices in your life that affect your friendships? Um, from your own brokenness or what have you. So take a couple minutes. I know it's a deep kind of reflective question. So either jot some notes down, verbally process with the partner, and then we'll kind of bring it back together. I know it's hard to uh, determine or find some of those voices um, and that this is a a longer process. This is also a very personal question, so I'm not going to open up. (laughs) <laughs> to uh, to share with the whole community, but I do want to encourage you to, at some point, give this time and space to keep pushing in, um, and these will change. I think as I reflect on my own journey, um, some of these are still here, like my my transactional concept. Sometimes that that you know, bring, rears its head at some point, but that there are other issues sometimes um, that, that come into play. And so this is one of those good questions I want really want to encourage you to reflect on at some point and find somebody to share that with and, and, and process um, that with. But I, I ended right before we broke into this in how, uh, as I discovered these issues, I really had to deal with these with God. And I think sometimes this is what happens in our friendship is that I project my insecurities on these other people and I expect you as my friends to solve them for me or to fill that gap for me, to fill in my insecurity, to fill in my need to belong to something. When really God is saying, you need to find that in me. Um, because I created you and I love you and I have, I am your perfect friend and I am the picture of perfect friendship. You need to, you need to look to me to fill those needs and those voices. Um, And I definitely know that I've had, you know, friendships that have been affected um, and hurt because I have placed those those expectations on them that are completely unfair. It is not your job to fill in those needs for me. Um, and God is really who that is, and I needed to really see that. And I've had great friends, too, that have said, you can't, you know, that have that have helped me set those boundaries and said, hey, I know you're going through this, and I love hearing it with you, but go spend some alone time for a little bit. You know, go pray about it. Go you know, read, read this passage and, um, and then come back and, and talk to me. I can't wait to hear. Um, but to really, you know, to really say, to see that there are, there are unique needs that are in us that really only the Lord can address and answer. And making that distinction, I think, is part of the wisdom in this passage. So that we're not pulled by these voices to hey, find your belonging over here and these groups of friends doing these groups of things. Um, but find it first in the Lord, and that will that will meet some of those voices. Um, that's my encouragement to you. Um, I know some people also have brought up, well, I, how, how do I know when they are unhealthy friendships and, and what do I do with them and how do I let that go? Um, and I wanted to share one friendship that I'm, I'm still in process with and I, I'm still praying about because I have no idea... Um, what to do about it? It's actually a friendship that um, I think has been like a dozen years now. It's it's been it's been 12 years, and it was interesting how it how it started. Um, and I think I also struggle with with people pleasing. And when this friendship first started, this person had, um, I think, a lot of needs. You know, they were new to the country and figuring things out, and um, needed help with understanding, you know, the American education system. And so I kind of stepped in all the time. And anytime she needed something, I was there, um, almost like at her, not really at her beck and call, but um, but I I really went out of my way. Not that that's a bad thing, to really meet a lot of her needs. And then as our own family started to grow and, and I was reflecting on some things and dealing with my people-pleasing issues um, and learning to just kind of set some of those boundaries, um, I think those adjustments weren't made on her side. Um, and really, for the past 10 years, it's, it's, um, it's been really painful because um, a, a lot of times when I talked to this friend, it was always about all the ways that I had failed as a friend. Um, and she was very clear on that, like, you know, you didn't do this, and I needed you for this, and and you haven't called me in two weeks, um, and you haven't checked in on me, and, and oh, over and over. Um, and I think I, I tried a lot. You know, I prayed about it a lot, but I also, I also tried to sit down and have these conversations and explain where I was coming from and give assurances, um, and um, and even now, it's, it's it's difficult. I think she took it very personally when we moved um, over here across country, Um, took that very personally and and still has a lot of hurt and anger. And I had to really come to a place and realize, um, and for myself, and sometimes I I have to keep telling myself, those are not my issues. Um, And it's okay for me to not take her issues as my issues. Um, And to really see, you know what, this is where she is struggling and I cannot fill those needs for her. I can give her assurances. I am still your friend. And when I call you, I want to talk to you about these things. Or, you know, when I go back to visit, I'd love to have dinner with you. Um, but I had to learn to kind of set those boundaries for myself. Um, and not necessarily, I I don't feel that I am supposed to like throw this friendship away. Um, I do pray that God will redeem it at some point and, and, and pray that she will, um, learn about Jesus and, and, and see that really he's the answer to a lot of the things that she's looking um, to other people for, um, but, but that's another thing I think in terms of, of wisdom is as we recognize my own voices, also recognizing, you know what, these are, these are your voices and I'm gonna be with you in them, but I'm not gonna fill them for you, um, but I will help point you in the direction that I know um, that can meet, meet those needs with that. Um, So those are the two questions that I wanted to get through and that leads us to kind of one final point that I wanted to use as an encouragement. And this last thing um, is that friendships require perspective, perseverance, and persistence. And I know we're in this um, series topic called Life Hacks, and I think if I'm understanding this correctly, life hacks are supposed to be like um, the simple shortcuts. Right? to something to make it better and more efficient and all of those things. And I think sometimes we approach friendship that way. It's like I want to find the life hack to friendship. I want to find the easy one. I want to find that person I click with. This should be easy. This shouldn't be hard. I just got to find common interests, um, whatever. But I think even though friendship is in the series of life hack, um, there really isn't an easy way to go around friendship. Um, It is something we all want, um, but I think we need to recognize it is something that really takes perspective, perseverance, and persistence. And the two things with perspective that I wanted to um, bring up is one that I read earlier. I think a lot of times we try to fit God into our understanding of friendship rather than kind of take a step back and say, okay, God, what is your perspective on friendship? And what is your perspective on the friendships that I have? What is your perspective on the friendships you want me to pursue and help me to see that? Help me to see that. Um, and it's this idea of can we see friendship as doing life together, right? Whatever life is in our different stages, doing life together versus um, fulfilling a need of belonging or identity. Does that make sense? Right, so can I, pers- can I pursue friendships as, hey, how can we do life together? In the stage that I'm in, in, in stages that you're in, in stages to come, how can we do life together versus how can you meet all of these needs that I have in me right now? The second thing about perspective is, I think we need to shift, and I need to shift too, that idea of um, finding that perfect friend, whatever, however we define it, right, that perfect friend that we click with, um, or that it quote-unquote comes easy to versus seeing, we are already surrounded by people, right? Um, if you're a student, if you work, if you live somewhere, you're surrounded by people. You've got neighbors, you've got roommates, you've got co-workers, you've got classmates. We are surrounded by people and yet, a lot of us feel completely alone and lonely and isolated. And so I think taking that step back and saying, okay, God, you've surrounded my life with people. And if I believe that you are a God of purpose, then this isn't on accident. But the neighbors I have, the classmates I have, the the current people that are around me now is not by accident. And the challenge is, can you see those people as friendship material? Even if you don't, quote-unquote, click with them. Even if they don't look like you. Even if they don't necessarily share all of your same interests. Right If those people are there and they probably have the same needs that, that you do and I do, right, can we see with God's perspective these as instead of you know 20 people that I'm surrounded with, 20 individual people, but 20 people that God could potentially be calling me into friendship with right? Um, and in terms of perseverance and persistence, I think we've learned some of us maybe have some good friends in our, in our lives right that are like, "Man, we've been friends forever, right. Um, But there have been elements of persistence and perseverance that that, that are there. Um, So we moved to New Jersey from San Diego three years ago. Um, And I struggled a lot with friendships in San Diego because the nature of church planting um, near dense university towns is that there's a cycle that every three, four, five years, people leave. Um, And it was really difficult for me because I would make these friends and then... And I think that so I'd be I'd pursue these friendships and then feel extreme like detachment um, and hurt when they left and it just felt like this whole process and it would take me like a whole year to like recover and begin to be open and vulnerable but at the first couple times after a few times I was like you know what this sucks like this this I don't like this God Um, and this hurts and I don't want to do this again. And I remember after a few times, I just, I was like, that's it, I'm, I, just need, I just need a break from friendships. Um, and, you know, and, and that was difficult for me to kind of work through. And then moving here, and a lot of you have moved, right? Whether it's like moving to a new country or to a new state, um, whether it be for work or for, for school, um, we've moved. And I think this is the challenge for anybody that's moved is this idea of having to start over. And a lot of times we stick with our comfort, and there was definitely that temptation for me to, I'm just going to keep my friends from back home, and I, and you know, no matter that they're 3,000 miles away, I'm just going to keep them and like forget this process here. Um, and it was definitely a challenge. And some of you know that, you know, our family, we've, it was, a, it was a lot of persistence and perseverance. I mean, the first three weeks we were here, every night after dinner we would go knock on neighbors' doors, and we got dirty looks because they're like. We, Nobody does that here. Like, you don't knock on people's doors and say hello. Um, and, you know, it's, it's taken several years. And I remember at, at work feeling really isolated. And, like, New Jersey culture is totally different from California culture. And who are these people? Um, and coming into a, to a workplace as someone that's new and, and figuring out the culture of things and, and who talks to who and um, all of that. Um, and it took a lot of effort and persistence. Um, and last year I, I felt the challenge um, to just to keep reaching out to my colleagues. And so I, um, I wrote a birthday card to every single person, every single staff member at my school last year. Um, and just different things that I just felt like, okay, I'm going to persist, I'm going to persevere. Um, I trust that, you know, God's brought me here in this job for a reason, and I don't click with any of these people right now, but I'm going to trust that I will at some point. Um, And it's been really interesting because this is our, our third year here now, and there definitely has been a change. Um, and it just, it feels different with the neighbors now that we've persisted on knocking doors and inviting them over um, and, you know, all of those things. And um, with my coworkers, too, this past year, it's been really encouraging to see that it's been, you know, really, really different. And I can't quite put words on it, but, but it. It feels like I'm I'm over this wall um, and I'm in and you know now hanging out outside of school and going to places you know after work. Um, I Actually got a, you know some text this morning from a coworker um, and and so learning to I guess persevere and persist in those things um, and in those friendships in the people that are around me right now, that God's placed there. Um, Dealing with my voices as they come up, not with them, but with the Lord, um, and trusting that, yeah, God will meet these needs, um, and God will grow these friendships with people that I I didn't think I could be friends with. So I just wanted to share that as a last encouragement to you. Um, So as we bring to a close, I wanted you to reflect on um, a few things um, and again, it, I know we're in the series of life hack, and so this isn't to make it easy. Um, but the idea that we want to challenge you to do something different, right? So I think last week the challenge was to read another proverb. Is that right? Okay. Yes. Um, and so this week there's, there's a few. Um, you can be brave and take on all of them, or maybe just a couple. But the first one is... Um, hopefully you've identified one of those enticing voices in your life, and so the challenge for you is: Can you ask God this week um, how He wants to meet that need? Um, and sometimes, if you're like me, like I want to search for it everywhere else, and I like to stay busy, um, but can you pause at some point this week? And, and it could be just be, you know, really quick right now before you leave. God, what? How do you want to meet that need? in my life right now. I have this, I have no idea what to do with it and I'm, I'm doing this or that or ignoring it or sweeping it on the rug or I'm you know, putting an unfair expectation on a friend. How do you want to meet it? And let him speak. Um, if we trust that, that God is real, um, let him speak into your life. And the other two um, kind of relate to this uh, perseverance and persistence. Think of one name of someone that's already in your life that, that maybe you could just kind of take that extra step with Um, or think of one name of somebody that you can persevere and persist in and maybe this is this is a god question too because there are definitely friends in my life that if i had to choose i probably wouldn't choose them but you know god's done something and brought those people um, into my life Um, so that's your challenge and your life hack Um, pick one of those things we are in community um, talk to somebody. There's one more, I guess, that I, I didn't quite put in there that ref- goes back to our first question. Um, looking for those, um, looking for that role model that can speak God's truth into your life um, and asking, too, God, who is it? Who is it that I can also speak your words um, into as well? Um, so as you kind of jot those down or think about those, I do want to pull us back to um The idea and the fact that if we're called into perspective and persevere and persistence into these friendships, to remind us that Jesus is, was, will be that perfect friend. Um, He had an amazing perspective for us that while we are not perfect, he left everything he knew to pursue a friendship with us and to allow us to pursue that friendship with God. Um, And that is an incredible perspective. Um, Jesus is that perfect friend in perseverance and in persistence. Um, I don't know about you, but there are times when I'm like, you know what, God, I'm going to do it my own way or whatever it is. And Jesus is there um, persevering with me in my brokenness and in my hangups and persisting and reminding me that he is my friend, that he loves me. Um, as I am, with my imperfections, with my issues, um, but calling me deeper into friendship with him. So if he can do that for us, and if he is that ideal role model as a friend, um, we can ask him, how how can then, how can that ideal affect the friendships that we have now and the friendships to come? Uh, Let me close us in our time as we kind of reflect together, and then we'll go through some announcements and, and call it a day. Um, Jesus, I I thank you that you are that perfect friend to us. Um, and I pray that you would keep showing me and everybody here, um, your perspective of friendship, um, and how you have persevered and, and persisted, um, in pursuing us, um, with your grace and, and your own friendship. Thank you that, um, as imperfect as we are, that you desire to, to be our friend. And God, I pray, um for the friendships that we are in um, and the different kinds of friendships that we are in, that you would speak into those. Um, So we thank you. We thank you for our time here together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosnb.com.